Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. Week two, day number 10, our Eagles camp recap with football 24-7 NFL insider John McMullen. The end of a long, long day for you, uh, John McMullen, and I think it's holding true. The days get longer uh, and the nights get shorter, but today was the culmination of the first two weeks of camp, an open practice at the link where the fans had an opportunity to come out. Yeah, about 26,000 of them, uh, pretty full in, in the first deck. Um, and it was interesting. I remember when they started these things back in the Chip Kelly days, and there were, uh, I think, in Chip's first practice at Lincoln Financial Field, there were over 40,000. Um, so it, it's gone down a little bit. I, I'm a little bit surprised there weren't more because obviously the pandemic new coach, new quarterback. But I, I think the fans are smart and they kind of realize they've been hearing, you know, generally these things go 75 minutes, hour and a half. They actually went, they had the longest uh, practice of the summer, about hour and 50 minutes because the fans were, were there. So they got a little bit more, but uh, yeah, Philadelphia fans are smart. <laughs> they said, not that big of a deal, but still 26,000 of them showed up. Give us the visual, John. What was it like? Uh, Zach Ertz got a big applause uh, when his name was announced. What was some of the other uh, some of the other festivities that was playing out down at the link tonight? 
Well, you know, it's still not what it was before the pandemic. You know, back in the old days, everybody was on the field as far as the media and that kind of thing. We could watch practice. Today, we had to be up in the press box. And, you know, before pre-pandemic, uh, uh, players would stand around and sign autographs on the, the, the sort of the outer bowl. Uh, that can't happen anymore. So we're not quite back to normal, but I got to tell you, after watching football last year in an empty stadium, there were a couple of games, uh, remember, where they let a few fans in before scaling back again. Um, it's fun. It's fun to have some juice. And I think, you know, the, the you could tell the players, especially the offense, uh, we talked a lot about how poorly they performed yesterday had a bit of a bounce back and I think the energy and the juice uh, had something to do with that. John, the practice, you said the practice tonight at the link lasted how long? Uh, About an hour and 50 minutes, uh, which would be the longest practice uh, of, of the summer so far. Um, Generally, uh, they've gone from as low as 75 minutes to, uh, about an hour and a half so a little bit more and you know we got to talk to Nick Sirianni before the practice um so we didn't get a chance to ask him about it after but I assume they they wanted to give the fans that were there a little bit extra uh but they're not going to go too far so hour and 50 minutes and um got a lot of teamwork in as they usually did and 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 Fans got to get excited a few times. Did they give the fans a lot of offensive work? And did the offensive unit, uh, first team unit, get a lot more work out on the field? No, I I think from a rep standpoint, no. It's the same as what they typically get. Uh, You know, you're not going to over... Um, correct anything, whether it's because of a bad practice or whether... It's uh, because there are fans in the stands. Um, you know, Nick Sirianni always brings up, he probably saw him when he, he hit the dais uh, a couple weeks ago. He hit the podium, uh, and he was talking about Frank Reich when he started 1-5 in, in Indianapolis, and he slammed the table and said, you got to double down. you got to stick with your process. So he's not going to overcorrect things. Football 24-7 with NFL insider John McMullen uh, checking in with our Eagles camp recap day number 10. Sunday night, week two comes to a close with an open practice uh, down at Lincoln Financial Field. John, let's follow up a little bit on our conversation about Jalen Hurts from yesterday um, where it was not a good practice uh, for the offense and not a good practice uh, for Jalen Hurts. But candidly, um, are we supposed to sit here and expect Jalen to be perfect, expect him to not go through overthrows and misthrows, um, or is that what should be happening in camp? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, nobody's perfect. Everybody makes mistakes in training camp. A lot of quarterbacks, you know, if you think about the old sentiment from baseball, you, you see a lot of great pitchers will get, um, 
you know, beaten up a little bit in spring training because they use it to work on some things. So if they want to add a pitch to their repertoire, they, they'll they work on it in, in the Grapefruit League, something of that nature. And, you know, if you don't understand that, you say, wow, so-and-so gave up 10 runs. You know, he's working on something. It's not important <clears throat> to win the game. Uh, or to get people out, you're just working. Practice is the same way. If you're going to push the envelopes, Carson Wentz used to say this all the time, you do it in practice. You you try to see what you can get done, what you can't get done. So um, everybody makes mistakes in practice. That's where you want to make mistakes. That's you, where you want to grow. Um, I don't think that part of it, uh, it no one expects perfection. Um you know, but you also have to be realistic in the fact that to date, uh, Jalen hasn't been that consistent uh, from throw to throw, not consistent with his mechanics, uh, occasional decision making issues. Um, and, you know, you have to be realistic about that as well. So um, I, I wouldn't push the panic button, but there's certainly. Uh, questions that need to be answered and uh he'd be the first to tell you um he needs to improve and nick siriati will probably be the second to tell you he needs to improve when you spoke to head coach nick siriati um before the practice did was there discussion about jalen hurts yeah and uh, uh, there was discussion about the core practice on saturday and Nick said it wasn't as bad as it looked uh, from, you know, when he looked at the film. I, I think he was like a lot of us when he left the field and thought it was a really poor session. And then he went and looked at the film and there were still some positives. I, I don't know if he's trying to be optimistic. It was pretty bad practice. Uh, but as I said on yesterday's show, I think you kind of flush it down the toilet and go to the next day. And I think it was much better today. So, I think that's a good sign that it was just an outlier. It's just a bad day. Everybody has bad days. The offense had a bad day. Uh, today, Quez Watkins uh, really stepped up from the receiver position. Jalen had a great throw to Travis Fulgham. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's throws where he proves he can do it. And then you say, well, where's that? Where's the consistency? And that's, I think that's the more important part. It's got to be more consistent. You know, listening to that applause that Zach Ertz received uh, when he was introduced, um, you have to wonder, when will he no longer be a Philadelphia Eagle? Or, for some strange reason, will he be on the roster? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think Howie is, is playing sort of the game he, he, he did when he was able to trade Sam Bradford and, and Carson Wentz's rookie season. If you think about uh, people kind of forget the plan was that Sam was going to start um, and then all of a sudden there was an injury uh, and the Eagles had tremendous leverage and were able to turn him into a first round pick. Um it's not the same at the tight end position. Obviously, it's not as important a position, but 
if a tight end gets injured somewhere on a contender, um, maybe how he gets some leverage and he can work a deal that way as we go farther into the summer. Uh, and if he doesn't, um, Zach Ertz is going to play out his contract. So it's still to be determined. I, I can tell you, though, that um, Nick Sirianni uh, is getting to the point because of how poor his receivers have general, generally played throughout camp. Uh, as I've mentioned, he's kind of defaulting to what Doug Peterson typically did. And that was, uh, you know, he wanted, and I'm talking about Doug, he wanted to get more receivers on the field. Uh, they just weren't good enough. And he defaulted to his tight ends, Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard, because they were good players. And I think Nick Sirianni uh, is getting to that point as well uh, in realizing if Zach is going to be here, he's got to play him because he's better uh, than the receivers he has. John, what kind of first two weeks from an offensive standpoint has Dallas Goddard had so far in camp? Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's been splashy. Um, I think Zach has made more plays in the passing game. Um, but he hasn't been bad by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I think a lot of it is what I just said, the inconsistency of the quarterback position and what that has been. But if, if you're going, because remember, the Eagles have kind of flip-flop in a tight end, even if Zach is here, um, Dallas Goddard is the one who's going to play more. And I think that is still the plan. However, uh, Zach has been better as a receiver in training camp. Now, you know, there's other parts of that position. Dallas is a much, much better blocker. Uh, than Zach Ertz, so that plays into it as well. Um, so I would say it, not not a splashy summer for Dallas Goddard, but he certainly not played poorly. Staying on the receivers, Johnny Mac, Quez Watkins uh, had another good had another good practice. Is he moved ahead uh, of Jalen Rager? Is he now? Uh, staking his own claim uh, on offense? Well, he's staking his claim, but uh, I, I don't know if he could jump uh, Jalen Rager or even Travis Fulgham, for that matter. Uh, he's played better than they have. But uh, again, we talk about it a lot. We talked about it at left tackle with Andre Dillard. Uh, you know, Jalen's a first-round pick. He's going to get the benefit of the doubts, uh, and that will continue. Uh, but Quez has played better uh, since he's gotten back from his illness. Um, and, you know, that continued today. He had another good day. Uh, but typically, he plays a lot with the second and third team. You have to put that into the equation as well, whereas Jalen and Travis Fogan get more reps against the first team defense. So you always have to weigh all of that into the equation. What I will say is that Quez is lapping the second tier receivers. So the JJ Ortega Whitesides, <clears throat> the John Hightowers, who's now injured and out of the lineup uh, and players like that. 
he's clearly the leader of the second tier. Um, but I don't think he's he's pushing uh, Jalen Rager or even Travis Fulgham. Quez also is the recipient of a John McMullen preseason game ball, I do believe. So he does have that uh, as well after two weeks of camp. Yeah, and he's going to get another one. A little foreshadowing. Okay, so we'll look ahead to that before we wrap up on Football 24-7 uh, with John McMullen across the Jacob Media YouTube channel. A couple of last thoughts uh, on the offense as they get ready to begin what is week number three. And, of course, on Thursday, John, preseason game number one, Steelers come into town. Uh, does anything change over the next couple of days in prep or in anticipation of the game on Thursday? No, uh, there's no game planning uh, this time of year in preseason. So I think, you know, I kind of explained it with spring training baseball. You go into these, especially these early preseason games, uh, maybe a little bit, and, and, uh, and we'll see. Obviously, they've scaled back the preseason uh, to only three games instead of four, but uh, typically, that third preseason game would be so the so-called dress rehearsal. Uh, you know, you're just trying to work on your stuff. You're not worried about the opponent. You just want to get good work in against another NFL team. Um, it's not about uh, getting your defense ready to play. Uh, ben Roethlisberger and company, and vice versa. Um, it, it's just an opportunity uh, to get more. Uh, good repetitions against a different opponent in a live environment. And, you know, you can figure out a lot, especially about young players uh, when it's live. And we know in training camp, there's rarely tackling to the ground. There hasn't been uh, in, in, in Nick's camp so far. He said he was still deciding if he was going to have some live periods. Looks like he's not going to. Um, Chip Kelly never had a live period. Doug Peterson had a few each summer. Uh, so these preseason games are valuable from that perspective. John, how many reps will the first team get uh, on thirty uh, on Thursday night? Jalen Hurts will be in there how long? Yeah, I mean, uh, Nick hasn't said. He'll probably say that's Tuesday. Uh, give us a little bit more information. Um, I can't imagine he would play because he's such a young quarterback. You know, typically, say if Carson Wentz was still here, you might get a series or two, uh, depending how the first series went. You probably want to get Jalen Hurts a little bit more work because he needs the reps. Uh, but, I, I, you know, if you want to see Jalen Hurts, I, I will say, you know, make sure you're in your seat and, and – don't get a beverage, don't get a sandwich, you know, because it's going to turn over pretty quickly. Everything you wanted to know about what happened in the Eagles training camp right here uh, every night following uh, camp. Tonight is the end of week two, day number 10. Uh, with Football 24-7's John McMullen, of course, Birds 365. Uh, we'll be right back at it tomorrow. Jody Mack, Jeff Kerr in for Johnny Mack as he will be uh, right back down uh, in South Philadelphia tomorrow. John, the schedule for the week leading up to Thursday, what is it? 
Um, only one major practice, and that's Tuesday before the game. They got a couple walkthroughs um, um, uh, also going on this week. So a little bit scaled back because you have the game environment. The last major practice, uh, Tuesday morning. Um, and then, yeah, we'll see uh, actual live football uh, against uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers on Thursday. Look. Let's talk about before uh, uh, we say goodbye and get your game ball. Let's talk a little bit about the defense. The the conver- every time the conversation comes up, the defense looks much better uh, than the offense. Uh, the defense is ahead uh, of the offense. Uh, Alex Singleton back in off the COVID list. He spoke today. Um, he had reps with the first team. Tell us about it. Yeah, I mean, Alex was uh, back at practice yesterday, Saturday, almost had an interception. So he was right back with the first team, his first practice. Uh, I think that was a a positive for him. Uh, He tested positive. He did say, um, in fact, I asked him the question. He was vaccinated. So it's sort of whatever you want to call it, that breakthrough uh, infection. Uh, So he had to sit out in quarantine. I think the biggest, you know, issue for him was trying to get, you know, work in from a conditioning standpoint because he couldn't come in to the facility until he was cleared. Um, But, you know, anybody knows Alex, he keeps himself in great shape to begin with. So he seemed ready to go. Um, And, yeah, I mean, he's going to fit in, it looks, with Eric Wilson. I think Davion Taylor had an opportunity, but his injury – uh, his calf injuries kind of set him back. So I think we're, we are where we thought we were going to be at the linebacker position. And that's, that's Eric Wilson and Alex Singleton with the first team. Team practices tomorrow, Tuesday walkthroughs. What happens on Wednesday, John? Practice uh, again before, before the game Thursday. What's the full schedule for the week? Now, walkthroughs uh, uh, Monday, Wednesday, full practice Tuesday. Um, and, yeah, game game on. You never have a full practice the day before a game. So they'll walk through, do some things. But uh, the only real traditional practice this week is, is Tuesday. Uh, and that's where you have the full-scale practice to get ready for the game. The pads on Tuesday? Uh, still to be determined. Uh, obviously Nick doesn't announce that kind of stuff. I, I, you know, if I were to guess, probably he'll be in shells, but that's just a guess. John, how many players spoke today on zoom and why were you on zoom today? Uh, three players. It was, uh, Fletcher, Fletcher Cox, uh, Alex Singleton, Jason Kelsey. Um, we were on zoom because of the stadium and there's still, uh, protocol issues, the, the fact that they were having the practice in the stadium. Um, uh, they still are, are working out those details as we get closer to the regular season. So, um, as I said, they didn't want uh, uh, a large portion of media on the field. Um, so we had to do it via Zoom. Um, that is supposed to change in the regular season. Uh, but a lot of this is out of the Eagles' hands and it's more of 
uh, NFL league mandates. John, any anything specific for the fans being in the building, getting in the building? Was there anything that they didn't expect? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you would have to ask the fans, actually. Uh, there's no mask at this stage, uh, you know, uh, but they recommend, obviously, strongly, if you haven't been fully vaccinated, to wear a mask and that type of thing. Um, uh, as far as, you know, social distancing, there wasn't any of that. So uh, hopefully, you know, but again, that's not really up to the Eagles. That's more of a local government, city of Philadelphia. And if they scale back and say you have to wear a mask, you have to wear a mask and all that stuff. So. Uh, most of that is just, and the Eagles will always tell you, it's all fluid. It could change tomorrow. All right, Johnny Mack, before we say goodnight on this Sunday night and let you wrap up your day, your game, your game ball from the long practice at the link tonight. Yeah, it's Quez Watkins. I mean, he made the play of the day, which was basically a 50-50 ball, and he went over, high-pointed the football over Anthony Harris, and by far uh, the largest roar of of the action, I think the largest roar was, as you mentioned earlier, was probably for Zach Ertz coming out onto the field. Um, but a, as for, far as the actual playing, I think Quez had the biggest play of the day. And by the way, it was more than that, his consistency, as I said. As far as receivers go in this camp, he has been the Eagles' best receiver, which is a bit of a surprise, to say the least. Any further updates from the team on Devontae Smith? Yeah, Devontae's still week to week. So, uh, you know, injury-wise, uh, couple positives. Brandon Brooks was back in a limited fashion. So he did some individual work, wasn't in team drills. Isaac Samalo got upgraded from week to week to day to day. So he's getting closer. Uh, Devontae is still in the week to week category uh, with the sprained MCL in his knee. And they're going to be very, very cautious with an eye on week one. They're not going to push Devontae Smith. All right. Good stuff from John McMullen tonight across the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Once again, we thank everybody for tuning in um, to get the very latest. Our Eagles camp recap with John McMullen. Week two, day number 10. Week two comes to a close. Week three quickly begins uh, right back tomorrow. And we will be right back here uh, tomorrow night. And Johnny Mack, I believe your day will start with an appearance tomorrow morning on Birds 365. Yeah, just got to make sure to hit that alarm. But I'm always up. Chris. You'll be up, Johnny ball. Mack. Bye. All right. Good stuff from John McMullen. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Until next time, good night, everybody. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.